0: Van Ryken Productions presents, Mr. Time.
1: Just another day in New York City, middle of winter. Streets are packed with people rushing to get to their shitty days as fast as possible. Pedestrians swarming like bucks, Looky little tourists slack jawed at every electronic billboard and fashion boutique they see. Homeless people doing the nasty behind a dumpster or lighting garbage cans on fire to keep warm. Trash is fucking everywhere. Broken down bus holding up traffic, people getting out of their cars to fight each other in the middle of the street, even though neither one of them is causing the traffic jam. I love this city. It seems like pure chaos to an outsider. Like a frozen hellscape spattered with mud and shit and who knows what else. But if you live here long enough, or you were raised here like I was, you see there's a beauty to it. It's weird and different, and you never know what you're gonna see here. Yeah. Sure, you got your crackheads and your hobos jerking off on the subway. But you also got the theaters and the museums and the... Hey! Why don't you watch where the fuck you're going, you fucking mook? Were you fucking bored yesterday? Fuck! Hey, fuck you! No! Fuck you!
0: Why don't you go home and kiss your dad on the
1: mouth? I can't! He's too busy making out with you! On second thought, he's got standards. Anyways, where was I? I'm going on like some kind of Cochleon. My point is... I love New York. And I love being a cab driver in New York. Best job in the world, if you ask me. I get to meet all kinds of people. I'm a people person, you know? One day, you're picking up a mother with her two kids, and you get to hear all about her cousins, roommates, dogs, kinks, and Yara. The next day, you're picking up the Chinese ambassador, and it turns out he really loves a good chopped cheese. And you happen to know the best damn bodega in New York to get a good chopped cheese till so you stop the meter and have a chop cheese with a Chinese ambassador. How about that? Best job ever. I love it all. I mean, every once in a while, you get some fucking raisin cake who thinks he could pull a knife on you to get out of his fare, but then you just put a foot up his ass and send him on his way. Don't bother me none. Anywho, let me tell you about the weirdest ride I never gave. So not that long ago, I'm driving private. Usually I drive a yellow cab, like the ones in the movies. But today, the boss man wanted me to pick up someone special. Some fucking bigwig, yada yada yada. I I wasn't listening all the way. But this guy was made of money, so I had a big ass black stretch limo. Apparently Mr. Richie Rich was at the 42nd Street Library. I ain't much of a book guy, but that building sure is something. When I was a kid, my mom used to take me there and we'd go look at all the little kids' books and do puzzles. I loved it. Just kind of fell off of books when I grew up, you know? Good memories on 42nd Street. Ma died from lung cancer the year before. I put my favorite kid's book in the casket with her. It was the same one I stole from the library when I was six. I really liked the book, you know? Grief is... hard. I keep wondering if there was... more I could have done. If I had pushed those doctors more... I, I've been trying to read more since she died. Ain't like it used to be, but... I really like history books. World War One and shit like that. Anyways... I pull up outside the library, and I know this guy isn't going to be waiting outside. So I hop out and light up a smoke while I wait for Daddy Warbucks. My wife hated cigarettes. It still does. And she always yelled at me when I came home smelling like them. We're in marriage counseling now, and it's getting better. Not just over smoking, though. You know how it is, right? So I'm, I'm standing there on 42nd. Leaned against the limo, and I wait, and I wait, and I fucking wait. Like, 20 minutes for Mr. Rockefeller in there. I've gone through three cigarettes at that point. So I brush off my driver's jacket. You know, boss man wanted me looking fancy for this job. He would shave and comb my hair. And I head on up the steps to the library. I open the door. And the place is empty. Not a soul in there. So I says, What the hell's going on here? Hello? Now what you gotta understand is, this is the biggest branch of the New York City Public Library. It's like two in the afternoon. This place ain't empty until it's closed. And even then, there's still a couple of people inside. There was no one. So I start walking around looking for someone. A security guard, a hobo. Someone. And nothing. Reception desk is empty. All the chairs are on the floor, not put up on the tables like when the place closes. Nah, this place was a fucking ghost town. Right about this time, I got a little shiver down my spine. Look. I've been driving cabs in the craziest city in the country for two decades. I've seen some shit. So when I say this place was spooky, you can take that to the fucking bank. And then I says, if anybody's in here, you better come out now. This ain't fucking funny, you know. Still nothing. All of a sudden, I hear a door open from across the room. Real slow and creaky-like, made my asshole pucker. So I walk over to it, and it opens into a hallway. Now I got a real bad feeling right now. But I also had a job to do, and I had to go find Mr. Sinclair and get him where he's going. So, I go down the hall. After a couple minutes, I end up at another door. It's got a big sign that says employees only. But who's here to stop me, right? Maybe this guy's in here right now, drinking brandy and smoking some big fucking cigar, shooting the shit with a mare or something, I don't know. So I open the door and I step into a stairwell. Just a concrete wall, metal rail stairwell. Ain't no stairs going up, though only down. So I follow him. I go down so many stairs, I swear it started getting colder. Eventually, I came to another door. A big metal one, with one of those tiny, shatterproof windows. There's a plate on the door that says, Dr. Archibald Evergreen, PhD. A doctor? Here? So I goes and I look through this little window and all I can see is something glowing. Can't make out what it is. So I go and open the door. First thing I see is this old guy. Like, big puffy white hair, white lab coat. He looked like the guy from that uh, one movie with Michael J. Fox. You know the one I mean, right? No, 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 not that one, the other one. Right, anyways. He's standing in the middle of this room that's full of books. Like, every wall is covered in them He's got this table in the middle of the room. And I couldn't quite figure out what I was looking at. There was this thing sitting on the table, like a big metal box that had, like, gears and shit. I don't know, it was giving off this weird light. Shining it on the wall. I look at the wall and... I don't know how else to explain it to you. It was a... What's the fucking word? Um, Portal. It was was like a damn portal. Like, think about a portal. That's what I saw. I had opened the door kind of quiet-like, but it shut pretty loud behind me, and the man looked over at me. He
0: says, Oh dear. I was assured that the library would be cleared out today for my experiment. I didn't know what to say, so I...
1: Just kind of stood there. Well, can I help you young man? Um, I'm looking for Edward Sinclair. Edward Sinclair was Mr. Moneybags. I'm sorry sir, I don't know who that is. Okay, I'll get out of your hair then. This
0: old man pats his big puff of hair and says... Well, hold on a minute. This could be an interesting variable to my experiment. An outside observer. Well, that didn't sound good.
1: But I was curious, so I asked him, Well, what's that you're doing? This guy, Dr. Evergreen, I guess, walks over to the table and pats the weird box. This
0: young man is a device that allows me to manipulate the fabric of space time. With it, I can view events in the past. And the future. Change them if I want it, though I have no intention of doing so, and write down my findings. So, you got a time machine. A blunt way to put it, I prefer temporal displacement device.
1: Okay, so now I'm thinking this guy is batshit crazy. Two prize short of a happy meal. Not playing with a full deck, you know? All right, mister. Doctor. Doctor, right. Well, good luck with your experiment and all, but I think I'm going to go. You don't believe me? Not at all.
0: Well, look at what's happening now.
1: Doctor Evergreen waved at the glowing on the wall. It did look like a portal from the movies. I know I talk about movies a lot. I like them. Fuck off with your judgment. You don't know my life. Yeah, you got a pretty light on the wall. Real nice. But I got a job to do. I can prove it.
0: Come look.
1: He gestured again over at the portal thing. He wanted me to walk over there. As you can guess, I was a little nervous about that. But I decided to do it. I can't lie.
0: A a part of me believed him right away. He pointed over to the box and said, Now tell the box what you'd like to see. It could be anything in history, anything at all. So I look at this
1: box, and I feel like the biggest MOOC there ever was. I'm racking my brains trying to figure out what to say. And I think about all those World War I books I've been reading. The Assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. What an interesting choice. So I look at this box again. Waiting for it to do something before Evergreen says, Oh, silly me. I haven't installed the voice controls yet. Now I'm still thinking that this guy is bonkers, but he goes over and starts fiddling with the box. It makes a bunch of bleep bloops and shit, and I look at the portal. It's changing. As I look, it goes from a circle of light to a movie almost. I saw it. The royal car of the Archduke. Driving down the Apple K in Sarajevo with a bunch of other cars with him. I watched this shit go down. Somebody yells something in an agitated voice. The cars begin to turn around. This kid. The book I read said his name was uh, Gavrilo Princip, Runs up to the royal car and fires a gun. A Browning, I think and fires two shots into Ferdinand and the Duchess Chotek. A bunch of royal guards jumped him, and the picture faded away. I was a bit shook up by what I saw, but I look at the doc, and I says, uh, that's some crazy footage you found, doc.
0: It's in color and everything. This is not a movie projector, Mister... Tony. Just Tony. Well, Mr. Tony. The images you saw were not footage. You watched the event happen in real time. A glimpse into the past. Fascinating, isn't it? So... If if that was real... Could you go back and stop it? Why yes, as a matter of fact. When I first started building this machine, I tried to go back and alter several small events in history. It worked. Unfortunately, they had some unintended consequences, and I had to go back once more and fix them. I still don't fully believe this
1: guy. This sounds nuts, but I ask him anyway. Why wouldn't you go back and stop this then? You could prevent a world war. Maybe both of them. That's when I saw this old timer get a fucking twinkle in his eye
0: that I still think about to this day. Well... Why don't you try? What? I'll open the portal again five minutes before the assassination. You step through and save the Archduke. That's crazy. You're crazy. Quite right. However, that has no relevance here. I assure you this is very real. So I start
1: thinking that I'm going to call this guy's bluff. Worst thing that happens is I walk into a wall. Ouch, ha ha, funny jokes on you, I leave. So I agree, and he does some more bleep bloops on the screen, and I see that same street again, but with no car. So I step up to the portal and walk into the light. I didn't hit a wall. All of a sudden, I'm outside. What the fuck is going on? So I'm looking around, and everything looks like what I saw before. The streets, the buildings. And I see him, Gavrilo Princip, standing against the wall of some shop. I can see the gun sticking out of his pocket. Now I'm standing there in my fancy driver's uniform, sticking out like a sore thumb. I'm in shock. The old man wasn't fucking lying. I couldn't believe it. I look around some more and I'm noticing a couple of blast marks on the ground in the square. I remember reading that the Archduke had a... a, a, a what's the word? A, a convoy! That, yeah, that's it. His convoy had gotten attacked by grenades earlier, and he went and visited the survivors in the hospital. It was on his way back from that where he got shot. This was all a little too crazy. But then I see the damn royal car rolling up the way. I think, if this is really real, I may as well do what I said I was gonna. I start walking towards the car, and I see that Princip kid look at me confused, but then he nods at me. I'm thinking I'm just gonna tell him to turn around cause they're in danger. But then I see Princip pull out the gun and start running toward the car. I panic. I chase after this kid and do the first thing I could think of. I tackle his fucking ass to the ground. <laughs> the car speeds up and gets the hell out of there. I still got the kid on the ground, and he tries to raise the gun at me. I punch him in the jaw and he goes out cold. People around me are going nuts, freaking out. I don't blame him, but now I'm freaking out too. I gotta get out of there. I look around and spot an alleyway. I see Dr. Evergreen poking his head around the corner. He's waving at me. I sprint my ass over there and he leads me down the alley where another fucking portal is waiting. We jump through. We're back in the library. I'm out of breath. What
0: the hell was all that? You just stopped the assassination of the Archduke.
1: This guy picks up a newspaper on the table and shows me the front page. It looks real old, all yellow and shit. It says, mysterious butler saves Archduke.
0: You're telling me I stopped World War One? Unfortunately not. After you saved the Archduke, the political powers in Europe were still tense. There was no spark to start the war, but eventually those tensions boiled over. And two years later, the war started, sadly. At this
1: point, the old man pulls out another newspaper from a shelf. The headline says, First atomic bomb dropped on Germany. Thousands dead.
0: The war that had been delayed was even more vicious than it would have been, and the arms race between the various countries pushed the advancement of technology, leading to the invention of the first atomic bomb 27 years before it would have been. So I feel my stomach get tight. It it, it feels like my whole
1: fucking body is shutting down. I'm sweating. My heart's beating out of my chest. You, 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 You weren't kidding about any of this. Then why the fuck would you let me do that? Because... He goes over to the box and does some more blooping and bleeping, and another portal opens up. I see the car. I see Prince. Everything happens as it was supposed to. The newspapers
0: disappear from the table. I can fix it. The device also allows me to manipulate events from here. What the fuck? YOU MUST BE THE SMARTEST FUCKING MAN IN THE GODDAMN WORLD! Maybe. I'm just doing what I was meant to do. I've seen the future. I eventually cure cancer too.
1: So I'm looking at this old man. Still unable to process what had just happened. My driver's suit had gotten ripped and dirty when I tackled that Princip kid. But now it's as good as new. I'm standing there, struggling with it all. And I get an idea. You said you cure cancer in the future?
0: Why, yes.
1: Can you make it so you cured it a year ago?
0: I suppose.
1: Why? There's something I gotta see. So he goes over and starts fiddling with the machine some more.
0: There. Cancer was cured last year. March 3rd, 2004. What would you like to see? November 14th, 2004.
1: New York Presbyterian Hospital, room 203. The portal opens and I I see some shit that makes me go cold again. I see my ma, lying in her hospital bed. She's looking healthier than I remember. I remember this day. I was in my taxi, driving to visit her. I hear a doctor come in the room. Well, I've got some good news for
0: you, Mrs. Bassey. Thanks to the new treatment, your cancer is in complete remission. We want to keep you for some more testing, but you should be able to go home in a couple of days.
1: I watch my ma start crying. I'm crying too, standing next to the doc. He gets a strange look on his face, and I watch him turn a dial. It looks like when you fast forward a movie. I'm watching two days go by in a few seconds. Ma gets some more testing. She she looks happy and healthy. I visit both days and, and we're, we're hugging and crying. Everything's peachy. I, I start to walk towards the portal. Wait. I stop. The doc's got a serious look on him, so I listen. I watch everything come back to regular speed. Ma and I are outside the hospital we just signed her discharge papers. She's sitting in the wheelchair they make you sit in until you leave. She gets out, and the nurse pushing her goes back inside. As we start walking to my taxi, we got across the street. As we're making our way, I didn't see the drunk driver until it was too late. Ma got too excited about the cancer remission and decided to dance ahead of me laughing. I watch the truck hit her, doing at least 50. I feel my whole body go numb. The portal fades out. I'm on my knees, crying. I hear the doc talking to me, but but I can't hear him. My ears are ringing. Eventually, his voice is clear again. He says to me,
0: Tony, I showed you these things to make a point. I'm sure your mother was a loving, sweet, caring woman. But it was her time. You can't change the past. You can alter the circumstances, but what is meant to happen will happen. I'm so sorry for your loss. She really did seem lovely. Why the fuck would you let me see that, Doc? Because you asked. I think deep down you needed to know it wasn't your fault, and it wasn't. Maybe.
1: I wipe my eyes and get up off the floor, feeling like some moron.
0: So if we can't change the past, what do we do then? Tony, this device was created to observe time, not change it. That's just a side effect. We can't change the past, but we can make sure our futures come true. Go home, love your wife, quit smoking. She'll be much happier. Live happy. Grow old. Die. Who knows? Maybe you'll give a ride to someone who can change the world. Maybe you can change the world.
1: You gotta remember at this point, I'm shaking so bad I can barely stand. I'm holding back tears. But I know he's right. So I man up. Nod. Shake his hand. Thanks, Doc. I'd to see something in the future. But I think
0: I'd rather just make it happen. That's the spirit? And Tony, maybe try cutting back on the colorful language. You'll feel more positive.
1: And when I left, I did exactly that. I quit smoking. I put more effort into our marriage counseling. Things got better. I'm working on swearing less, too, but that's even harder to quit than cigarettes. Things are going great now. I got a beautiful son who I'm driving home to see right now. Wife's pregnant with a girl. And we're so excited. I guess you could say that the doc gave me a new lease on life. We're all stuck in traffic, pal! Why don't you shut the fuck up? Why don't you shut the fuck up, you Nancy? You wanna fucking fight, pal? Yeah, I do! Okay, then. Hey, just wait here. I just need a minute, okay? I got 30 seconds to take care of a fucking mook. Marcus of Queensberry rules. If you don't know what they are, tough fucking shit.